Today's Leverage podcast is sponsored by our friends at Swoonery. And today we have a special guest for you, the CEO and founder of Swoonery, Gene, to make a special announcement for Valentine's Day. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having us. So guys, basically, Swoonery just makes it easy to buy jewelry and get it right. You know, we know it's a super overwhelming process. You don't know what the brands are. You don't know what to buy. And salespeople always come on too strong. So I basically built Swoonery.com to give you access to over 80 of the best brands, make it easy to find the perfect piece at any price point. And if you get stuck, you can always email us at help at Swoonery.com. That's S-W-O-O-N-E-R-Y. And uh, our concierge will get it done for you. So shop on swoonery.com. And we've got a special 10% off code. It's leverage10. And just take comfort in the fact that from now on, Swoonery has you covered. Thank you so much, Jane. So guys, it's Valentine's Day in a week from now. This is the most efficient way that we have found to quickly buy a Valentine's Day gift. And if you're currently a client, then you can give us the task to buy it on your behalf. The discount code again is leverage10. And that's it. Have a good week and happy Valentine's Day. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Sonnenberg. And I'm Ari Mizell. And today we are speaking with Alex Sharfen, who is the guy who discovered the entrepreneurial personality type and the CEO and founder of Sharfen. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good, Ari. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for being on. So... We met at the Genius Network event uh, a couple years ago, and you gave a really vibrant talk uh, about what was wrong with everybody in the room, basically, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, and how, the kind of people who've been told like sit down, be quiet, like you know, the, and, and feeling you you, you characterized uh, entrepreneurship or I guess entrepreneurialism in some ways as. Uh, outwardly is what some people might see as like a bad thing or an affliction and it, the same symptoms as ADD. And we all know exactly what you're talking about and felt that. And so, and you basically said, you're not alone. It's going to be okay. So yeah. uh, what, talk about what is the entrepreneurial personality type? When I look at the world, I think that um, there are just, there's different types of people. And when you look at the entrepreneur and when you, when you examine entrepreneurs, we're different than most. And, and when I say different, you know, I want us to, to really understand what that means. I think we need to know that we're different in the way we react to things, that we're different in the way we behave, we look at things. But I think that we're also so different that a lot of society's systems don't work for us. They actually damage us. They work against us. So the way we define the entrepreneurial personality type, it's a person who is highly sensitive to momentum and reactive to constraint. So, you know, we're, we have a hard time being held in place. We have a hard time putting up with constraint. We want to continue to move faster and move forward and make a greater contribution. And when you look at entrepreneurs throughout history, the biggest frustration that they face is when they can't do that. With that information, like, what do you do? Like, is the EPT just a way to label that you have that personality type? Or is it also like a system to, okay, now I've identified that personality type and this is like this is how you should operate or this is the type of environment you should be in to you know, optimize who you are. The entrepreneurial personality type is a framework that allows entrepreneurs to discover themselves and understand themselves better. And what we do as an organization is we have a number of ways that we help entrepreneurs maximize their momentum and move forward. So if you relate to the entrepreneurial personality type, if someone feels like they are a momentum-based being, we have um, courses and coaching that help create 
personal congruency and business congruency for the entrepreneur. I think when you look at the, the business courses, the business growth and scale courses that are out there, most of them revolve around some type of a strategy or around done for you solutions or around some type of marketing or, or process. What we coach is we show entrepreneurs how to build a forward-looking planning and communication system so that they can create as much momentum as they want in their lives. And the difference between us and I think the majority of the population is that we are driven primarily and almost totally by our contribution, by what we're going to do, by how much more we can do. And so we help entrepreneurs accomplish that. This new side of the business is called leverage. And you know we try to give people leverage to leverage their time and remove obstacles and bottlenecks so that you know, it can free up as much time for them to utilize their unique ability. So I think there's a big overlap between, you know, what you're trying to achieve with entrepreneurs and the tools and productivity systems we try to implement for people to, you know, maximize how effective they can be. I agree, Nick. I think there's a reason why we recommend, you know, we refer people to you guys and, and vice versa. I think yeah, that you know, the, the, um, the, the reason is if you, let's just bottom line this, the vast majority of entrepreneurs don't have enough help. In fact, when you ask, to ask most entrepreneurs, the biggest challenge that they have in their lives is that they don't have a, enough help to accomplish what they want. I call this the contribution gap. Entrepreneurs want to make a much greater contribution, but if you look at the infrastructure most have built, it falls woefully short of the contribution they know they can make. And so I like, I like the word leverage. We use it all the time. So when we look at an entrepreneur, if they're not getting help, they stop moving forward. And I think there's a reason, you know, Nick, I, Ari, you guys provide a very lightweight way, a very easy way for entrepreneurs to start asking for help, where they don't have to make a big commitment, where they don't have to say, hey, I'm hiring this person permanently, but here's what they can do. They can be vulnerable enough to say, I'm going to let this outsourced company get a few things done for me. And I know you've seen this because I've seen it that it's almost immediate that when an entrepreneur starts seeing some leverage, starts seeing some momentum, starts getting some help, that instantly their possibilities open up. So I think, I think our, our missions are almost directly aligned because what I want is for entrepreneurs to admit how valuable they are, to admit their self-worth, and to start asking for the help that is required to have the effect that they can have. You kind of bring the awareness to the entrepreneur you know, how valuable their time is and that they should be getting leverage by, you know, using a virtual assistant or whatever, whatever other means there is, but you're there to kind of tap into their psyche and let them know like what is out there and what they really, how much potential they actually do have and how underutilized they really are. Yeah. I mean, Nick, you know, I, I work with like yesterday, I had a, a multi-million dollar organization in here and we were doing their annual planning and, and, you know, people fly in here to sit down and go through our processes, our frameworks. And here's what they all really do at their core. They help an entrepreneur build the processes around offloading where they're uncomfortable and getting the help they need. So we work directly with you guys because whenever we have an entrepreneur who's going through that process and saying, hey, this is, this is what's making uncomfortable, me uncomfortable. And oftentimes, you guys know this, it's something like I'm doing my own Facebook posts. I'm, I'm tracking all my own social media. I'm doing all my own metrics. We tell them, hey, you know, call Ari. Unfortunately, I used to give out Ari's cell phone number. I stopped doing that anymore. I made him more doing. But, uh, but you know, I say, call Ari and, and Nick, and, and here's what happens. They start offloading little things. And guys, here's, here's what I get excited about for an entrepreneur. 
when, when they have that hardwired BS belief that if it's going to be done right, I have to do it myself, or when they have that, that assumption that if they're going to move forward, they're going to have to do it, that breaks entrepreneurial productivity and it robs momentum. Yeah, we we if an entrepreneur we, can get some help. They they can do anything they want. We we face the same issue, and breaking that habit uh, for people that it's only only they can do something is really the toughest part of the job. And what we try to tell people is like, look, in most cases we can do as good, if not better, of a job. But let's just say even if it's ninety percent as good as you, we're freeing up so much time for you to focus on stuff that you could do a million times better than someone else. That we try to train them to rethink about it to give up that 10% of quality or whatever you want to call it so that they can focus on really their unique ability. Let's be honest, Nick. It's not 10% of quality. It's 10% of obsessive compulsive behavior that we sure. all need to shake. <laughs> I know, but because I, I just play the devil's advocate and I just right? say, well, even I mean, if it was 10%, which it's not, like we you all know. Let's screw the devil's advocate. Let's be honest. Like entrepreneurs, I got a message for you. You suck at most things. Yeah. Yeah. Admit it and get over it and like be one with how bad you suck at most things. I embrace everything I'm terrible at because I make sure I'm running from it every day. You know, what's weird is I spend time around billionaires, you know, and, and Ari, I know you've had some exposure. I, I remember Damon John sat down next to us at the event last year and he picked up the menu and he turned to, to us and said, 45 minutes. I said, what do you mean? Well, take me 45 minutes to read this. What are we eating? And he threw it away. You know, the, the average entrepreneur would hide that shit. Because he's dyslexic. The average entrepreneur would like, look at it, pretend like they knew what they were doing, not let anybody know they're dyslexic. But Damon John's like, shit, I'm partners with Samsung, man. Somebody read me this. You know, the average entrepreneur fakes stuff, doesn't ask for help, doesn't really say, hey, I don't know how. And as a result, you have guys who could be changing the world and instead they're collecting Facebook metrics. Yeah, so it's funny. I, I actually, when I when I talk about our services and, and what we do on a sort of philosophical level, I think that we're really removing barriers in a lot of ways because I don't I don't think we're removing constraints. We're not. Yeah, we're not creating geniuses like you guys. I I think that everybody has some sort of genius in them, and most people, the vast majority of the world, whether you're entrepreneurs or not, it, you're being blocked by something, whether it's money, know-how, uh, access, whatever it might be. But we're just removing those constraints, right, to let them flourish. And it's it's a very very good point. It's like. It's funny because there's a there's a guy named Peter Schaller who's a friend of mine and who is known as the entrepreneur psychologist or psychiatrist I guess and uh, it's like I said I should probably talk to that guy yeah well I mean it's it's funny because it's like there's there's guilt associated with letting something go and then everyone wants to call their company their baby which maybe it is but that doesn't mean that you can't let it grow like there's so much limiting thought that goes along with being an entrepreneur. You know, our, here's the process. We walk high level process. If we can elevate up to a hundred thousand foot and, and think about being an entrepreneur, here's a four step process. One, every successful entrepreneur in history has used every theology recommends. And if you really boil down all self-help books, here's what they say. All motivational books. Here's what they say. Step one, lower pressure and noise. Step one, like here, you know, when I work with an entrepreneur, the first thing I do, I don't figure out all the shit they can do. I figure out all the stuff they're going to stop doing. And, and what are we going to give up? What are we going to get away from? What people, what places, what things, what are we getting out of your life? What do, how are we going to lower noise? Stop collecting your own Facebook metrics, call Ari and Nick <laughs> and, and lower noise, you know? And by the way, just for us here, any executive in our company can go to your Trello board and tell you guys what to do so that they don't have to do it. Like we allow them to lower pressure and noise in process, like just go assign it to somebody else. The second step of the process, once you lower pressure and noise, increase protection and support. Guys, I call it the entrepreneur's dichotomy. 
we need more protection and support than the average person to get to our full potential, but any request for protection and support makes us feel vulnerable and exposed. This is just an entrepreneurial fact. There is no growth in scale without telling people what you want. And if you intend to growth in scale, you have to ask for protection and support. The third step of the process, if you lower pressure and noise, ask for protection and support, are you watch this, strengths and abilities just start growing. Like entrepreneurs just get better. They start doing more. They start being more, showing up better, being more present. And here's the fourth step. If you lower pressure and noise, increase protection and support, your strengths and abilities show, you can go make your greatest contribution. Not just you, the people around you, your team, your clients, you will have that level of influence on them. Because throughout history, every entrepreneur who's ever done anything significant has followed this path exclusively to make their greatest contribution. So I, that was leading to my next question, which is you've turned this into a real framework. So obviously that's part of it. But like, how do you, how do you sort of systematically take people through this? I mean, that, that was obviously very high level. But like, what does like a workshop with you look like, for example, or somebody who works with you? Here's what we did, Ari. I, I've been coaching and I've, I've had coaches around me and consultants around me for over 20 years. And we have frameworks that can advance an entrepreneur's life or business a ton. We used to deliver those in 20-minute to 30-minute coaching calls over the course of years. I finally got frustrated with that. We shut down the coaching company because here's what happened. We were getting results, but they weren't fast enough for me. And, and when I would coach, I don't know if you've ever coached one-on-one, Ari. It was brutal because before we had clear frameworks, before we spelled out all the processes, I always felt like I was like in a race to tell somebody stuff on, in 30-minute calls. Like, let me tell you as fast as I can. So what we did is we put all our frameworks online. We also have them in person in a class. And what people get out of working with us is we, when you come in, we will help you first understand yourself better, clarify your destination, where you're going, and build a forward-looking structure so that you and your team and everyone around you knows where you're going. Because Ari, here's the issue for the vast majority of entrepreneurs. I'm going to use a sports metaphor, which is really dangerous for me because I don't know crap about sports, but I've worked with some sports teams, which is really ironic. If, if at the beginning of every season, every NFL team knows their goal, what is it? Uh, the, the, the Super Bowl. I see. I was, I, I was worried maybe you're as bad at sports as I am. Because if somebody says that about baseball, I'm like, uh, the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> so, but here's, here's what I've noticed. It's, yeah, it's a World Series. <laughs> I, I memorized that shit so I wouldn't sound as dumb as, you know, a foreigner. As I just did? Yeah, like me. So when you're English as a second language, you learn some stuff. But, but here's what every football team knows. At the beginning of the year, I've been in the room. They know the Super Bowl. They know the schedule. They know the steps they're going to take to get there. They know who's going to give them the, the pictures for the next week, who's going to give them the plays, who they're talking to. And every successful team has a communication system where they communicate this forward. And what 99% of entrepreneurs don't have is a real Super Bowl. When I say, what is your, what's your goal? What are you going to do as a company? We're going to help a billion people. Great. What's your next interim step? What's an interim step? You know, the fact is most teams don't really know what they're playing for and, and the goals, the visions, you know, we've all been taught and sold this myth of if you create this great vision, somehow it comes true. Here's my message for everyone. If you're running your company based on a vision, you're the only one who gets it. <laughs> you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. You know, the fact is, Ari, the, the, the challenge most entrepreneurs have, not, not most, the number one challenge entrepreneurs have with their teams, with their clients, with the people around them, with everyone, is communication. I see that. It's kind of shocking, though. Ari and I are very focused and, and, and goal-oriented and all that. I mean, like, 
we have our own theory about goals and that's a longer conversation. But I mean, we definitely know what, when we're working, we know why we're doing it and we know what the outcome we're trying to achieve is. I'm kind of surprised that, that you say that you find that a lot of entrepreneurs really don't have that kind of clarity. 99% Nick. And here's the level of clarity that I expect an entrepreneur to have. What is your destination? How close were you to it yesterday? And does everybody on the team know where they're going well, and what they're doing? Here? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, and that's very like scrum. If you're familiar with like scrum methodology with agile, oh, kind of, kind uh, of, you know, but, uh, you know, and, not really, and, really. No, wait, well, you know, no, what just the format. Not. It's like, what, what did you do yesterday? What are you doing today? Not do really, not really. Let's pause for a second, Nick. So scrum is interesting because you see here's scrum, scrum and the scrum methodology has challenged a lot of entrepreneurial companies because instead of a forward looking structure where companies say, here's where we're going, Let's build backwards so that we have a bridge to get there. What a lot of organizations are doing is they're using scrum or project management mentality to say, here's what we want to do today. Let's build the plan forward. And when you're writing software, when you have kind of a deliverable around software, that works. But the challenge is this. In a business where you don't have a forward-looking structure of both measurement and milestones, it feels like you are only managing a never-ending list of increasing projects. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was just, I was just saying, um, like the three questions you were saying, you you ask entrepreneurs, like those three questions show up in these like agile. Oh, got you, got you, for where, sure. Where it's just, you know, you do a daily stand up and you say, what did you do yesterday, today? What what's blocking you? But yeah, you're. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's the same as what you're saying in terms of you know, long term vision and all that. I'm just saying that there is like some structure on Scrum. Um, I mean, my question though is if, if you face an entrepreneur that doesn't have that shit figured out, <laughs> are they really an entrepreneur? Oh man. So Nick, you like, know, here's, here's the problem. Maybe it's a entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur that 99%. I, you know, it's, it's just such a big bucket. It's 99% of entrepreneurs. I'm, I'll be really honest with you. We belong to a membership where people are pretty high end and they pay a lot of money to be there and they're successful. I'm saying 99% of that room's included. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that I don't. I mean, I've, I've talked to, to like 99% of that room. They do not have a forward looking structure. They, they, you know, there's a lot of help a billion people and there's a lot of, oh, we're going to do this event. We're going to do this show. But what happens is entrepreneurs without a forward looking structure, the number one complaint on a team is we don't know where we're going and we don't know how to win. And you guys have talked to some of them. Like we share clients. And yeah. I know because the clients have told me stuff like, well, Ari says this to me. And I'm like, yeah, you should listen to Ari. <laughs> well, so I'm curious, how do you, what do you think of uh, like Cameron Harold's vivid vision, for example? Because that's a lot of like trying to show that vision, right? Show the vision to everybody on your team. I, I don't understand how to manage that way. I, I think that I'm very interested to actually hear this. So because I don't, I don't understand how to manage that way. And I don't understand how to help entrepreneurs grow companies that way. Let me explain to you how I have always helped companies grow. I have never in my life asked a company, a division, an entrepreneur, where do you want to be in three years? There's a reason why I don't ask entrepreneurs to say, hey, three years from now, where are you going to be? Ari, have you ever changed your life in like one day? When I say, Ari, where are you going to be in a year? How does it make you feel in your chest? Oh, I, have no, I have no idea how to answer that. Anything that comes out after that would be just total bullshit. Don't you feel a little vulnerable? Like, fuck, I have no idea. Yeah. Okay, so let's do three years. Where are you going to be in three years? Uh, Ari, Nick, I want you to sit down with some paper and write out a perfect description of the company you're going to have in three years. You know what that acts as? And, and I, I don't know Cameron's process, so I don't want to judge him specifically, but I know a lot, of con, or a lot of consultants who do this vivid vision crap. And the problem is, is that it acts as this big, massive constraint out there where this is where we're going in three years. 
I, and I you think know that what? The way the world is changing, you're effed. You're going to go 36 months out. You're insane. So let we, me tell you how Facebook did it. Let me tell you how Google did it. Let me tell you how Zappos did it. Let me tell you how every company I've ever worked with did it. We helped Viacom. So look, I'm so old and I've been doing this so long. One of my biggest success stories, Blockbuster, is no longer relevant. But we helped them grow across the country. And here's how we did it, Ari. You chase the membership you serve. You know how Facebook grew? They didn't say, hey, in three years, we're going to be a billion people. What they said was, let's chase this membership. And it first started with Harvard. And they were like, man, membership's not big enough. Then they went to all EDU. Ooh, membership's not big enough. Hey, let's start this movement of people communicating. And then all the people who would sign up on Facebook. And then they went international. And then they chased a movement. Tesla? Tesla is chasing a movement of people buying electric cars. And so the way I teach an entrepreneur to do it is say, who do you serve? Who do you want to help? How do you want to help them? What is the change you want to make? And how will you know you are successful? And let's drive that forward. And that's how I've helped people build billion-dollar companies. I don't know how to do the whole future scene in three years. You're, you're the first person that I feel is really in line with the way that we've – I mean, we just spoke at Brian Kurtz's mastermind a couple of days ago on Wednesday, and we literally said in, in different words, but same concept, what you just said, because people were asking about goal setting and stuff, and we're like, you know – we don't think about goal setting in the traditional sense of goal setting because as you said, like in a year or three years from now, who the fuck knows what you're doing? Like we have some rough visions of like what needs to be built and what things would be cool to have and, and stuff. But very much like I'm a chess player and in chess, I don't look 12 moves ahead. I just try to make the very best next move. And with the company, we do share with the team and know kind of some rough roadmap of where we're going. But everyone knows why we're doing what we're doing, what the mission statement is. And I just every day wake up and I just do whatever's best for the company that day. Yeah, and, and exactly. And so there's two things to that too, two sides to that. One is that I, I agree with you very much. So I think that goals create very big constraints and I think that it limits people. When done improperly. Well, right. So, and they look at this like target and then they don't see the guy next to them with the knife. So yeah, one. Or you know what, Ari? It's like you say, hey, we're going to be the number one site for all colleges and in three years, we're going to have every college, every name, everything. You know what Facebook figured out within two months? That was bullshit. And, and, and anyways, it's and, like... You know, and, and what happens when a consultant spent three days on the vivid, vivid vision and now it's bullshit? And it's like, I could set a goal that we're going to be a billion dollar company in three years from now. I'm not going to get there any quicker by doing something else other than doing whatever is the highest value task for me to do today. You know, like so Nick, whatever's here's, here's best a, today is best today. Like, and that's not going to change based on whatever goal I have. And also further that one thing, Alex, is that I, I turned it back on the room too. And I said, think about the things that you were worried about five years ago. Are you still, yeah. are you still worried about those things? Yeah. Yeah. It's so irrelevant now. Here's the practice we take people through, Nick. We, I just did this yesterday with a company here in Austin. They come in, they sit down, we go through, who do you want to help? How do you want to help them? What's the change you want to make? And how do you know when you're successful? And then we, we do one year. We say, where do you want to be in about a year financially? And what do you want to have as outcomes? Then we ask, what are you going to do in the next 90 days to get there? And you know what we stop asking at that point? No one ever asks, where are we going again? You have your one year, you have your 90 days. And then we start really digging into what do we do to get to those 90 day goals each 30 days. And here's what's magical about this. We do it in four hours. Vision, one year planning, all the way down to 30 day goals for the first 30 day period and 90 day period. Guys, I know consultants that take four hours explaining what a freaking vivid vision is. I mean, I'm done. I, I literally just focus one day at a time. Like I'm not, uh, there's nothing that I'm thinking about for even a week from now or a month from now that's affecting what I do on a daily basis. 
And the only the the way that the the way that I communicate to my team, Nick, and and when you're leading a team, here's here's my vision for you guys. I've already shared this with Ari. When I look at who do you want to help, how are you going to help them? What's the change you want to make, and how do you think you're going to be successful? How do you know you're successful? Here's what I think. I think that leverage on the on the contractor side, you guys have a massive movement, not just on the entrepreneur client side. I think oh, yeah. every person in the world right now sitting at a desk that's underutilized, that's bored, that wants to make a contribution, that wants to change something, that's who you guys are serving and helping. Big market you, for, for moms too, that, that are like stay-at-home moms and they have a few dude, hours. Dude, how many, how many parents, how many, how many homeschooling parents, how many stay-at-home parents, how many entrepreneurs that have a side business that's just getting launched, need a little, little extra cash, students that need more cash. You know what? How about the person sitting in a third world country right now who speaks English, has a degree, has an internet connection, can't get a job unless doing changes their lives. Sorry, leverage. So, <laughs> and then, you know, I think, I think when I look at that, you, you know, you, you help those people, you help them by connecting them to productivity. The change you make is that anyone anywhere can plug in and be productive and get paid anytime they want. And you know, you're successful when there's a, a lot more resourcefulness and productivity in the world. And, you know, I, I look at what you guys are doing. It's life-changing, not just for the entrepreneur that gets help, but it's just as life-changing for the person plugged in on the other side, helping them. It's very true. I mean, like we've had a lot of people work for us say that this job has changed their life. And that is the greatest job they ever had. Yeah. And uh, honestly, like that, that feels like better than any money that we could get. from people, you know? It's also, it's also the first time in my life where 60 people's livelihood are, are our responsibility. It's like, it's, it's empowering in a lot of ways. It yeah. doesn't make me stressed or nervous. Like I, it, it really excites me. Yeah, Ari, I'm looking forward to working with you guys and helping you grow this because I want to see that 60 become 600, then 6,000 because I think that, you know, that's, 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 that's 60 people that would have been underutilized anyway, otherwise in my book. That's 60 people that wouldn't be able to be as independent as they are through you guys. And uh, let's, let's 10X that and 100X it. Yeah, 600 is our, our vivid vision. Yes, in one year. <laughs> in one year, we want to accomplish that. <laughs> Uh, well, so Alex, the last question we always like to ask when in an interview is, because we have to wrap up here, is what are your three pieces, your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? To be more effective. Um, that's easy. Number one, uh, for anything you're doing in your life, make sure there's a clear outcome. Most entrepreneurs chase a pretty clear outcome in their head, fuzzy in the world. So, so clarify it and let people know around you. For anything you're doing in your life that means anything, make sure that there's transparency, which means you're measuring along the way something other than how you feel. Because for entrepreneurs, our feelings will lie to us. Data tells us the truth. And so outcome transparency. And the third one is, I would say, um, accountability. For anything you're trying to do in your life, make sure you know what your role is and the role of the people around you. Because if you have outcome, transparency, and accountability, you will always get predictable results. And it's that easy as an entrepreneur, those three things. Well, hey, Alex, thank you so much. Where can people go to find out more about what you do with entrepreneurs? Well, we actually made a special link here, sharpen.com forward slash leverage. Awesome. And here's what they get, a copy of my book and audiobook. And if they'd like, they can also take our level one diagnostic that will show them the opportunities in their business. Awesome. Well, Alex, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure. Nick, Ari, thanks, guys. Want to create more positive leverage in your life? Visit www.getleverage.com to access additional interviews, our blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe to hear a new episode every week.